Yes, it is. Welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Godot. Matt Donnelly, Penn, and I are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South, right here in Las Vegas. We're continuing with Penn's tales of adventure from his trip to the farthest corners of the world. This will be Teller's Day in Japan. Here he is, preaching love, Mr. Penn Gillette. Boy, uh, jet lag. Jet lag is bad. Jet lag is bad. Yeah. And boy. there's no there's no cure for it. Well, here's the choice. You can take drugs uh, to make you sleep, and then you'll be groggy all day. Or you cannot take drugs. Do you find there's an emotional element to Yes, uh, I do. D- a depression? I start crying every now and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just standing outside crying. <laughs> yeah. And also things seem so empty. And, and there's also the thing you have to remember that you shouldn't have to think about. The places I, wa- I was in Shanghai... They're still there. Yeah. People are still there. <laughs> you know, your world gets too big. Yes. Oh, yeah, You yeah. understand that there's a big, big world out there. And, and when Shanghai you're not alone traveling, would be a big, big world. Shanghai alone would be a big, big world. And sh- sh- Shanghai shows how, uh, how, different, how different the world can be. Yes. You know, the world can be very, very different. Shanghai is, is insane. It's well, very We're going to finish up Tokyo. Okay. Um, tell her... Gut in his uh, diseased damp brain <laughs> that uh, he wanted to go to Kabuki Theater. And Glenn, first of all, Tony and I never do things together. We yeah. Did, we did everything together. We did stuff together this trip. It was quite an experience to be at the Robot Restaurant with Teller. Right. And to be at the Owl Cafe with Teller. Teller looked very um, sedate with an owl on his head. <laughs> Tell actually had a good time. They the, the the people found me a vegan restaurant in Japan, oh, nice. which was amazing. I went and had some nice noodles and rice. It was great. So that was Penn's day, and uh, I went back and uh, uh, you know went back to the beautiful, beautiful hotel looking out over Tokyo, which is just so gorgeous. Such a gorgeous city, and you know everything people say about it is clean. It's people clean. Are, it's safe. It's the people are kind. It's really an amazing place. So then we went to Kabuki, and our guides, who were these magicians uh, in town, were showing us around out of the goodness of their hearts. Just really mm-hmm. not, not professional guides, just really good guys. They uh, said we'll get you to the Kabuki Theater, but we're we're not going in. We got something else to do. <laughs> First sign. <laughs> and they said, bring yeah. your... Bring, when I think back on it. <laughs> bring your passport with you. That's say. like when I drop visiting friends off at the Bellagio Fountains. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it's like. You just don't want to say it because you don't want to insult the show. But you know what it's like. <laughs> we know the shows we drop people off at that we wouldn't go to. We all know those shows. But we're all professionals and don't want to appear bitter and snotty, right? Yes. That's exactly. also true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go go see. They're, it's supposed yeah, to be great. Gotta, yeah. I got a. It's been open for a while. You know, it's supposed to be fabulous. People <laughs> love it. Good, why don't you go there? Yeah, you like music, right? Um, <laughs> um, so they were like that. Mm-hmm. Kabuki, uh, and uh, it's, it's five hours long. <laughs> five? <laughs> That's a good show, right there. Yeah. My wife and I were remarking the other day that like Vegas has changed us. That if something goes over 90 minutes, we're like, you better 
be fucking amazing if you're over 90 <laughs> minutes. Like, if you take up more than 90 minutes of our time and it's not amazing, we're like, how dare you? Kabuki is weird. <laughs> For five hours. <laughs> we went. First of all, um, Glenn Teller and I have similarities of appearance and demographic mm-hmm. that we shared with no one else in the room. Oh, wow. Uh, this was not a mostly tourist thing. This is the opposite of no, this the, opposite. the robots. This was um, um, older Japanese women. There oh. were almost no men. Almost no men. And there was nobody that was not clearly Japanese with their bento boxes that they brought for their lunches. And there was stuff being sold outside. This is very classy. This is opera level, right? So we go to buy our devices. We have to leave our passport and pay money to get this box. And the box clicks into the back of the seat. And it will translate the Kabuki theater into whatever language you want. We chose Swahili. (laughs) (laughs) We chose English. And there it tells you. You're in the woods in 17th century Japan, and the father of the uh, princess is going to be. <laughs> and then uh, weird stuff happened. First of all, there's there's no women in traditional kabuki. It's like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So there's guys in drag. And some of them have that weird white face. Yeah. Some of them have like weird red stuff. And the plot is crazy and there's supernatural stuff and dragons and kabuki is set up so that one of the entrances goes through the audience like 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 a ramp like miss america ramp right and in the middle of it they do um dances and the middle of it there's music and over each side there are weird instruments there (laughs) there are three guys with books who are doing narration and then these guys with these three-string banjos, fretless. Yeah. And it is remarkably like if someone you know was making fun of Kabuki. <laughs> remarkably, <laughs> remarkable how close they would be. That, yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> instrument is interesting. Over the course of, did it become like a, is it like soap opera like, or how does the story sustain for five hours? You know how weird soap operas can get? Yeah. They can't touch this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think of some grasp of why that Uh, would be a... The closest thing would be opera. Okay. It would be, and it's beautiful. Yeah. The stage is gorgeous. The lighting is crazy. Teller went crazy over the lighting because there are no light changes, but the whole stage, which is huge, is just brilliantly, beautifully daytime lit. No shadows, no nothing, no spotlights, just the best lit place you've ever seen. And the house lights are up the whole time. And people are having lunches. I mean, it's meant to be like a... Like a, like a, a baseball show. game. Yeah, yeah. A baseball <laughs> game. And then like the second scene was like uh, uh, one guy doing uh, a dance where he played five different characters and puppets and told the story that way. 
one guy clomping around on the stage alone doing that. Then the other ones had different things. It's about a uh, about a man who uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, maybe if they added a sixth hour, you maybe he, he loses his status, and they capture him, and they tie his arms behind his back. But he's an artist, so he fills his mouth with blood. And he spits the blood onto the wall to draw a tiger. And the tiger becomes real. And the tiger starts attacking others because his art is so great. And then he has one last chance to paint. And he paints on one side of a vase and it comes out on the other. And that's his superpower. And now he will be venerated. (laughs) Wow. Okay. It's a good story. That was Kabuki. Uh, And the the tiger was amazing. It was a tiger. (laughs) I assume it was two guys in a tiger suit. Right. (laughs) Not an actual tiger? They were good. That's great. They were getting up on each other's shoulders. Oh, I love that. Doing impossible stuff. Impossible stuff the tiger did. And the tiger scared away the townspeople. And it was weird, man. It was and, just so again. So now there's, it's it, it, people are eating. So is it noisy in the room? Is it quiet in the room? It's pretty quiet. Okay. I told you don't they also have the stick stuff though? That ding, 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 yeah, ding, yeah. Ding, ding. Did they? Did you like? Was it like too quiet to like turn to each other and comment, or was that? Did you feel pressure to not? There was nothing to be said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think you would turn and comment? Five yeah. hours, I I do. No, you have nothing to say. <laughs> All we know is that tellers. Slept to the dragon coming alive, the tiger coming alive, oh, and no. missed the tiger. So later we talk about the tiger. And tell us, go, what tiger? What tiger? <laughs> he yeah. missed the. Yeah. And I slept through the part that made it so the tiger was desirable <laughs> to the guy. <laughs> it was beautiful, and we started to get into the groove. First of all, we went out. And we got a lot of snacks. Yeah, and we we're eating snacks, and. Uh, watching weird stuff that goes on forever. And the people do kind of, they're just relaxed. It's not like, uh, it's not like Shakespeare. It's like, um, it's like an outdoor Tanglewood thing where like an orchestra's playing far away and you're having a picnic lunch, except beautiful and the people are crazy. Wow. <laughs> and that was Teller's Choice. For that the was day. Teller's Choice. But there was more, right? Then they took us, to a uh, hot The magicians bar. came back after five hours? Yeah, they were there going, how'd you like it? <laughs> and they said, oh, we said, well, who goes? They said, well, our grandmothers go. Oh. <laughs> you basically, like, Teller basically was like, can you take us to a bingo park? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we can. <laughs> and, Use your cards and we'll see you in a couple hours. And we went to a magic shop. Tono right? Osaka? Uh, yeah. Okay. We hung out with Tone on Osaka. That's great. You know Tone on Osaka? I do know Tone, yeah. Yeah. He's really nice. He's a great guy. I was in um, 
in Tokyo, and you know how big Tokyo is, huge, huge. Yeah. I'm riding on the subway. I'm there for one day to do a TV show, and I am just going, riding on the subway for whatever reason. And as the subway pulls up to a stop, I look out the window. and Because there were no blood blood leeches coming at you. <laughs> there no blood. Might as well take the subway. <laughs> take the subway. <laughs> I look out the window as I'm pulling up, and the only person I know in Tokyo is Tonon Osaka. And he is standing outside of the door. As the subway pulls up, and I'm standing in the doorway. So the doorway opens up, and Ton Onosaka and I are face-to-face. And I just go, hey, Ton, how's it going? <laughs> he goes, what the hell? <laughs> Ton Onosaka, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Great guy. And we went Japanese into the, hippie. We went, yeah. Went into the the ma- only one. Went into the magic shop, uh-huh. and there was posters of Johnny Thompson. Uh-huh. And there are posters of Jeff McBride, and there are posters of... Amazing Randy. There are posters of Siegfried Roy. There are posters of uh, 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 Chris Angel. Goldfinger and Dove. <laughs> uh, and Dove David Blaine. There were uh, Tom Mullica. <laughs> and we were sitting there. We were being very honored. And I said to tell her, you, you notice that this is like the Showtime offices and that there's no pen and teller thing here? <laughs> Because you know, we went to Showtime. We had, we had the longest-running show in the history of Showtime. Yeah. Bullshit. Longest-running show in the history of Showtime. One of their most successful shows. And we went to their offices. And there's posters everywhere. Of every show that did, like, one show on there, there's posters. Fat Actress. <laughs> yeah. and all these shows all down the halls. And I went to tell her, I haven't, I haven't seen any. <laughs> we, did, we did eight seasons. I haven't seen one poster anywhere. Nothing. And there was nothing. We looked. We actually started looking at other people's offices. Nothing. And then Tell had to go to the men's room. And they gave him our DVD had the key through it so you wouldn't lose the key. (laughs) (laughs) And the same thing happened here at the Magic Shop. Yeah, Tondasaka, no pen and teller stuff whatsoever. But one of the guys who had been a contestant on Fool Us was there. And his translator. Okay. And they were talking about that. And they was walked... the guy who did all the masks? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah. You remember that guy? I do. I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, the... But I talked to him for a yeah. while. And then there was a woman from Taiwan and all this stuff. And we were weird. And then he asked if you could do in an the, interview with us. In the magic shop, do they, what do they have? Is it just books or is it? Other stuff. Same as every magic shop in the world. <laughs> like light up fingertips and racks and racks Identical. of things that you can't figure out at all. <laughs> and, you know, glass cases that have never been opened. Okay. The same way every magic shop and every coin shop and every stamp shop, every shop shop looks like this all over the world. Okay. And then Tone, Tone and the other guys, uh, we all went out to supper at a hot pot place. Nice. Where you dr- well, there's except very bad for a vegan. Right. Very bad. Only animals, vegan. yeah. Yeah. So I had, this is so hard. I had five bowls of rice. I just used to cut down to the bowl of rice. You know, I, have plenty, I, I know I had plenty of rice. I want plenty more rice. <laughs> <laughs> we had rice. Then we went, there's like a hundred magic bars in Tokyo. Yeah. Like a hundred. There's only one you need to know. And everybody who knows anyone is going to Japan or is ever going to go to Japan, write this down right now. Half Moon Bar. Half Moon Bar. It's in Tokyo. It is, and you know who you're talking to, best magician I've ever seen. Wow. 
His name is uh, Hida. Hida. Hidi. It's pronounced, it's, it's spelled Hyde, H-I-D-E. But it's uh, Hidi, I think. Hidi? Hidi. Hidi. I thought he was 30. Mm-hmm. He is 70. <laughs> First trick. <laughs> First trick. Yeah. Uh, 15 people fit in the bar. That's it. One show a night. And is that the like typical outlet of a magician is to perform in these smaller... This is his place. Yeah. Everything's his. But you said 100 magic bars. So I imagine that's maybe like the... I think they're all trying to be this. Oh, okay. He, he owns the place. He has a bartender. Tiny little spot. Stuff signed on the walls. Like yep, that. yep that that's it. it. Yep. There you go. Little tiny bar. Picture he has it. a bartender who sits people down. You're crammed in. You can't move. And, there's uh, no way out. There's no way out. <laughs> Doors are chained. Yeah. And uh, and you uh, and you. Uh, uh, he was unbelievable, and it was it was very very touching. He spoke only Japanese. He did not speak English. And then in the middle of the show, he turned um, to us and said in very broken English. Um, Accept my condolences for the loss of Johnny Thompson. Hmm. Oh. He was loved throughout the world. Um, you loved him the most. Um, we loved Johnny. Take him, or in the middle of a show, right in the middle of a show, just take a moment for Johnny. I just stood in this frantic, wild show, just stood in the middle of it to take a moment for Johnny. Yeah, I need, need us to say everywhere we went. Um, in China and Japan, that we met, we talked to magicians. Yeah. There was no discussion except Johnny Dobson. Yeah, and uh, as you know, we didn't do a show the day after Johnny died. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to do a show, and I know that Reddy put together some stuff that I couldn't bring myself to listen to. And uh, people after the show are uh, uh, offering their condolences, and it's very hard for me because someone says Johnny Thompson, I just start to cry. Um, but anyway, uh, this magician, uh, stuff like you can't believe and does weird. It's a weird style. He has a big TV behind the bar that, uh, he is playing DVDs of like ABBA music with like <laughs> seagull scenes and he's controlling it so that he has this music blaring and then it stops for the effect. And he says a few lines and goes again. And the tricks are uh, impenetrable. I mean, breathtaking. Uh, Teller and I left going, uh, what was he doing there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had to at least take a run at it. Yeah, sure. But he, um, I've never seen anybody like him. It was just beautiful. I mean, yes, I have seen people like him. Tom Mullica working the magic bar in that Atlanta. That magic bar was beautiful. At his absolute peak. Yeah. Uh, Eric Mead, on Eric Mead's best night in Aspen, there's there, there's a vibe there. Um, uh, uh, Juan Tamers. Yeah. Uh, when Juan Tamers is on a roll. But that kind of complete, complete understanding of magic that um uh, a out of a wash you know mm -hmm. just a wash in the bar a card is picked okay 
out of that car, card is picked, and um, those cards are gathered up, and hands are clapped, and uh, there's a sealed deck, absolutely sealed deck. Person <laughs> opens the sealed deck, one card is missing. It's a selected card. <laughs> I don't know. Is there an index? I don't know. <laughs> and then, like, uh, you know, we talked about, like, uh, off, off mic, but just talking about, like, how, like, different personalities, right? Like, the, the, the people who kind of put magic on the map in America seem to yeah. shape the personalities of the magicians that follow. And you look at Spain. Juan Tamara is a totally different guy. Yeah. The personalities that come from magicians from Spain. Yeah, people that want to be a magician in Spain are people that want to be Juan Tamaras. Yeah. So it, it makes a style. Yeah. So what was – did his personality come across in in this? He, he, he had – it was just perfect. And he kept bringing his uh, bartender out to translate things for us. But we didn't need it. Right. We really didn't need the translation. Yeah. Is uh, that your card? Yeah, yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> you know, but I mean, like a, apparently <laughs> there is brilliant batter that we just weren't missing – that we were missing. Oh, which yeah. means he's better than we thought. <laughs> But I would say if you're going to go to Tokyo, set up. I'm sure you need reservations. I'm sure it's impossible. That was all taken care of for us. Right. Moon Magic Bar. Half Moon Magic Bar. Half Moon Magic Bar. Uh, Get your ass in there. I think it's expensive. I think it's like a hundred bucks to go in for like a 45 minute show. Uh, Do it. Your money will never be uh, better spent. You will be. You will be destroyed. Destroyed. Anybody going to Japan, you know, I told I told Copperfield, you 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 must go. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's the robot restaurant. You can decide. <laughs> Eye drops probably better not, Dave. <laughs> but um, uh, you got to go to Half Moon Magic Bar. I was just uh, I was just uh, so thrilled that something this good was being done in the name of magic. It was uh, it, it was just stunning like i mean i just i you never never seen it until i sit side by side and sitting side by side would tell her as uh we expected to be good there was no doubt he was going to be good right but it was just feeling teller to my left going oh no no we're we're, we're way beyond good now yeah yeah you know we we were good in the first 20 seconds yeah yeah his opening his opening trick was 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 fabulous. I mean, his so opening cool. trick was uh, opens a bottle of Coca-Cola, pours three glasses out of it, pushes the glass around the bar, bottle of Coca-Cola is full and capped. <laughs> Pops it open again, pours three more. <laughs> I mean, wow. stuff like that. You're going to hand me something there, good dog? I have some ad spots for you. You've been... Um, as long as we're going to pay some bills here. You've been teasing me with this. I've been holding <laughs> it, yeah. You saw it. I was holding it. He was. Like a, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is it up carrot on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get this really soon. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. We'll see. <laughs> you know what else you can do in about a minute? What else can you do in about a minute? Me? Yeah. Uh, Mumuhaha? <laughs> Get, get, an, get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. And the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet yeah. your dog, 
Do a few sit-ups or just listen to my voice. You can get a true cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you get an accurate true cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy! After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out for you. Together, you can ask questions, get the answers that you need, so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience the better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Yeah, that's about 60 seconds. That's about 60 seconds. <laughs> so then then we, um, we uh, I, went, I went back after seeing that magic kind of blown away i kind of went you know i want to do better magic oh wow I, he's just it was so good it was so good crazy good and he was also full of life just burst like i said we thought he was 30 he's 70 you know guy a, a thin guy in a t-shirt t-shirt and jeans thin guy t-shirt and jeans no jacket bullshit to hide shit in <laughs> just just out there doing it just out there doing like real man by the way you know um cray ray yeah. And uh, uh, Dr. Clapper are always telling you when I was at my lowest, yeah. I was down to like 225, go down another 15, another 20. They kept saying that to me, and I thought they were crazy. Mm -hmm. Spending time with Ringo Starr, Billy Gibbons, they are as thin as Cray Ray wants them to be. Oh, wow. Ringo Starr is tiny, like maybe 120 pounds. Oh, wow. my gosh. Really thin, and he looks so goddamn healthy. And he's 80 years old. And this guy at the Magic Bar. What I'm saying is, you know, when we, when we say that's our lowest, we really should go down another 20. We really should. I'm back on potatoes. I'm losing weight again because over in, uh, in, uh, in uh, the Asia, it was hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we haven't even got to what I was there for. That was just Tokyo. Yeah. Then we were going to fly to Kobe, but we took a uh, bullet train. Oh, good choice. We just changed our mind. Yeah. And then there was a murder. Made it a, <laughs> made it a lot of work for for Glenn. Yeah. Because all this itinerary was all set up. We went, no, let's take a train. Uh, <laughs> now, we did take a train, even though we were afraid those tracks slow us down. Waste your time. This boy be gone. We just Sometimes I do things for you. <laughs> so we get on the train, uh, get some weird snacks. Uh, a lot of weird snacks. <laughs> a lot of weird snacks in Japan. And trying to stay vegan with that is impossible. Oh, this tastes fishy. Yeah. Probably fishy. Yeah. Um, Crackers have octopus in them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we got to we got to, to Kobe and went directly to the ship. The ship. The ship. Now Paul Allen uh, was a billionaire. Paul Allen had no hair. Paul Allen. No. Uh, <laughs> well, was he a there? Spider. <laughs> Paul, Paul Allen, uh, Microsoft. Yeah. Now, Paul Allen planned a cruise for his friends. He did this every couple of years, big parties for his friends. He did a cruise before around Russia. And he would invite. Now, the, the cruise ship, uh, when full, has 750 people on it. He would pick 250 people. So you've got three times the room you would have on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Then he gets rid of all the chefs, gets rid of all the cruise ship people, and puts on his own people. And then he picked this show that he wanted to have, which included Penn and Teller, which I found out later he also wanted to talk to me about some vegan stuff, which he's very involved in, food technology. I found that out. And all his friends 
are on the ship. Now, they've been going since they started in, uh, in uh, Beijing. They've been cruising oh, in this okay. boat. And they came up to Kobe, and they docked, and we got on. We got on. Jay Leno got on. And um, they have shows every night, lectures during the day, and all of Paul Allen's friends. And I learned a lot about Paul Allen. And as, as, as when you learn about someone right after they've died, when someone else is doing a memorial, it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a kind of sadness and a kind of joy because you also go, boy, there's this many great people all over the world that I just need to know about, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, I really felt strangely on that ship like I, I would have become friends with Paul Allen. Mm-hmm. Very, very generous. And everything's planned out. Beautifully. I mean, having billions of dollars allows you to give good parties for your friends. Sure. <laughs> uh, and I've never been on a cruise ship before. You have. I have many times. Yeah. You have too, right? Yep. Uh, I just worked one week of one. But um, I had a patch in the back of my head right. that stopped me from seasickness. Scopoline? Scopamine? Yep. And uh, it also made my mouth dry uh-huh. and made me, I think, a little depressed. Yeah. And, f- and what about your eyes? Did it dry your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> you need these drops. So uh, do this weird thing where they do day excursions, right? You're, yeah. You're, uh, so they had these things planned. So I'd signed up for them because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a different person. Okay? I wanted yeah. to be a, a different pendulum. You didn't want to hang out S- at a coffee shop all day. And type. I didn't want to do that. So I actually said, I'm going to go on this excursion. So when I got to Kobe, I, I went in on the ship, and my stateroom was big. You know, oh, wow. They always talk about how small staterooms are. Mm-hmm. I had a stateroom on the ship as big as this room. Nice. That is not a typical cruise ship experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a, uh, I had a, a nice balcony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I was treated very well. And then I when go. you got off the foot of your bed, were you in the hallway or still in your room? <laughs> I was in my room. Okay. So that's okay. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. And I went yeah. to, uh, I went to uh, the restaurant and it's amazing because you look around and Julian Lennon is over there and uh, Leland, you know, the bass player right. for everybody. Cool, yeah. He's over there. And Joe Walsh is over there and Billy Gibbons is walking in, and Chrissy Hind is over there. Then the guy who paid to go to the space station twice, and then Bert Rattan. Oh, nice. Bert Rattan is wow. there. And um, yeah, then... My weird celebrities. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Rattan, oh my Lord. And then, <laughs> then food scientists I've read about. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, the people that are the heads of the elephant conservation, and then the Chinese ambassador under Obama is there. And the mayor of, you know, Seattle and uh, crazy stuff, just all there. They wander in one by one. Hey, oh, I guess that's what it means. Magic on Saturday night. (laughs) You just put just magic. Nothing was announced. (laughs) It said it said comedy, magic, music, comedy, Jay Leno, magic, Penn and Teller, music, Ringo Starr. (laughs) But they didn't know anything about that. They didn't know nothing about it. They would just see you there and go, oh, yeah, that must be that, right? Uh, that's hilarious. You sure you guys sent your promo stuff? Because so, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to email them your pictures yeah. and stuff. Maybe Glenn yeah, missed it. It just said the beautiful book and everything you were doing all day that just says magic, 9 o'clock. Um, and then there's a lounge there, and it's jazz night. 
And I go in, and it's monsters playing jazz. And this woman who won, uh, I, should, I should know her name. It'll probably come to me, but we don't, let's not count on it. She <laughs> won American Idol. Okay. Uh, this uh, African-American woman, uh, beautiful and an incredible singer, right? And she, uh, uh, they're just there going, ah, let's, let's get out, let's have her, you know, let's have her do summertime. Just wanders up mm-hmm. out of the audience. And then they say, um, oh, yeah, well, let's have uh, uh, Gabriella Swallow is here. Let's have her, you get your cello. Oh and this is God. Gabriella <laughs> Swallow, who's like the cello, like the yo yo ma of England. Yeah. Is there. And she was friends with Paul Allen. And she goes, oh, yeah, there's an electric cello. And she pulls it up. And all of a sudden, this pickup band is doing a pickup version of Summer, Summertime, which is the most beautiful version I've ever heard, with a improvised cello solo. <laughs> I mean, and the sound was amazing. I mean, the sound of the – because, you know, Paul Allen was a guitar player. Right. A supposedly fairly good one. So this is set up – I mean, they were like five guitar techs for the jam session. And there are guitars lined up that included like Jimi Hendrix's guitar. Oh, my gosh. That are lined up for people to play. In case Jimi Hendrix shows up. Yeah. Well, Billy Gibbons had like, you know, four guitars there that had been brought in by his crew and set yeah. up and everything. And he wasn't playing. That was just he felt like playing. Oh, man. You know. And uh, the, the woman who's playing piano on the jazz stuff was incredible. Great sax player. This guy, um, uh, CJ, uh, he's the... He does all the music for Mighty Wind and all those Christopher Guest movies. Oh, oh, okay. And he also was the musical director for Joe Cocker and also for Spinal Tap and great keyboard player. He's playing there. Uh, horn players, trumpet, saxes playing, and they just playing all night. And people just come up and play with them. And you don't know who it's going to be. Oh, oh, let's bring up Vernon Reed, you know, from Living Color, monster guitar player. He's going to play a little bit. And there's, you know, there's this weird little tiny thing where they just go, uh, wow, Paul Allen would love this. You know how I met him. They tell a little story. But it's not a memorial service. It's just Paul mm. would love this. So the next day, I'd signed up for an excursion in Kobe. An excursion in Kobe. And uh, my alarm didn't go off. And they said, you know, uh, bike ride and monkeys meet on deck four. I'm like, oh, that's me. Mon- monkeys. <laughs> And I got dressed, not warmly enough. Oh, no. And ran out. And there's like Billy Gibbons ready to take a bike ride. (laughs) (laughs) And they put us on a bus. And they took us out to the middle of nowhere and put us on bikes. And we rode through the Japanese wilderness. But the people I'm riding with are like, you know, the the head librarian for the (laughs) Library of Congress. And, you know, people like that that are just, you know. Riding along with me, and you start a conversation. Times where it feels so silly to be an entertainer, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. <laughs> and we went to the bamboo forest. So you were entertaining for the Illuminati. Is what yeah, exactly. It's exactly. just really, <laughs> turns out there is another whole set of society that we And there's like about. lectures at night about culture <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And then we go, and I climbed a monkey mountain. Do you know Monkey Mountain in Kobe? No. It's I haven't been to Kobe. Really, really tall mountain. <laughs> I mean, your steps and stuff, right. it's a long, long, long time. I mean, Julian Lennon was going, fuck, we climbed a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and I was by myself, and they do this weird thing where they have a cage for the people, and the monkeys come up around them. Wow. So you go up and get in the cage. Great. What's that? 
That feels awful. <laughs> yeah. That feels like I'm chum. And then it's said to, uh, it's signs that go, how to tell an angry monkey from an aggressive monkey. Wait, wait, what? With pictures. <laughs> and also what you're supposed to do. Don't touch the monkey. Don't do this. Um, so I went up there, and then I always feel stupid because they have, you know, uh, Apple for sale that you can feed the monkeys. Yeah. And I decide I don't want to deal with the money and I don't know how to do money. And <laughs> I, I don't I don't need apples. So then someone comes up and goes, hey, Ben, we bought you. Said, okay, thanks. Oh, yeah. You so now I'm the guy who's too cheap to buy an apple for a monkey. That's, <laughs> that's who I am. Will somebody pick up an apple for a pen? Yeah. You and I'm, the monkey. Poor guy, and I'm just... freezing. I have my hood up and I'm freezing because <laughs> I, no, I had no grown-up with me. <laughs> Teller and Glenn went on a different excursion. Right? Indoors is my guess. There's, they went to learn to be a, uh, uh, a geisha. A geisha? They took geisha classes. Geisha classes. Oh, wow, wow. Teller I, now sleeps on an easel. I thought it was. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was kind of creepy <laughs> that they were taking geisha classes. But yeah. he walks. If you around. could see monkeys or be a geisha. It's monkeys. Yeah, that's no question. Bikes a, and monkeys. Well, Teller can't ride a bike. Um, so I had a bike and monkeys. I'm in with so, you. Yeah. With bike and monkeys, no question. <laughs> and it being too cold, Godot was in as well. Yeah. It was way too cold. Way too cold. <laughs> Billy Gibbs is going, I'm freezing my ass off. That's my Billy Gibbs impersonation. <laughs> and but my eyes feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, did not, eyes cold. Billy did not climb Monkey Mountain. Uh, he no? looked at, yeah, how long is that going to take? And they told him, he went, fuck that. <laughs> and he went shopping. <laughs> <laughs> for a That's jacket a, a, lot, yeah. a lot of people really nice job a lot, of, a lot of people uh, did not climb Monkey Mountain oh really but I said I'm going to climb I'm proud Monkey of you man Mountain. I'm and proud I, of you too I think it was potty, probably an hour and a half of walking straight uphill That's holy shit like I, said, I was wicked tired I get to the top, and then you always say to yourself, well, going back will be easy. No, no. Back yeah. down is hard. That's yeah. really super sore the next day from yeah, going yeah. down. Yeah. Your so, thighs and all that stuff. And then you get back there, and you go to any restaurant you want, and they just give you food. And then... That's on the ship. On the ship. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You get back to the ship, and then they say 9 o'clock comedy, and you go, and there's Jay Leno. And the audience is, you know, 150 people, 200 people. And Jay's out there working. <laughs> Did you get to talk to him throughout the cruise at all or no? Yeah, the next day I talked to him. Oh, okay. Jay was so funny. Jay was to, so funny. Just to chat back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love Jay. Jay goes, oh, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> what the fuck? I, you see, look at the ocean for 10 minutes and then you're done. I'm stuck in a ship. What do I do? I walk back and forth, walk back and forth, walk back and forth. I should be doing five shows. Why can't I do more shows? One show and I'm stuck here. I can't get off the ship. One show. I thought I'll look at the ocean. I did look at the ocean. Five minutes, ten minutes. Good. It's the ocean. What are we doing here? I'm trapped here. This is amazing. Uh, we could do five shows. Why do they want more shows out of us? Can't we get to another boat? Another that's show? hilarious. Because that's what every person that who goes on a cruise Leno. ship says. Yeah. No, but like everyone entertains. So it's yeah. funny that even Jay Leno's like, I'll do more. I'll perform yeah. more. One day a week is not doing it, baby. And then he, uh, we were talking about a... Uh, just talking about comedy, you know, Jay knows more than anybody. Right. And I, I guess I sat in a cough with him the next day for a couple hours. Oh, that's nice. A really nice time with Jay. <laughs> he had nowhere to go. <laughs> nowhere to go. Nowhere. He goes, I guess I'll get a ginger ale and take up to Mavis. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Are you getting seasick or something? That's Jesus. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was really watch, funny. And you watch, oh, you, as I say, you watch his set? Well, oh, yeah, it was really funny. But then it's weird because Jay finishes his set. And just 
walks into the audience. I mean, there's no like backstage. <laughs> that's that's no. cruise ship, baby. Yeah. And then you have lunch with those people all week. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had had a Jay story. Yeah. Oh, Jay told me, oh, you will love this story. Love this story. <laughs> yeah. So Jay, uh, and I may spare you my Jay impersonation, and I may not. No, okay. Um, I'm buckled in either way. Jay's, Jay's out there. He's got a stool with a g- bottle of water on it. He's got a stand. He's got a mic. He does his 90 minutes, maybe a little longer. Finishes up. Done. Next day, we're talking. He goes, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing your show. You been doing your show Saturday night? I go, yeah, Saturday night. He goes, oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. I look forward to seeing it. Oh, well, how much stuff are you bringing? We brought in a... Uh, a lot of stuff. But I said, as you told me, you once said to me, props, the enemy of wit. He goes, oh, I hate props. I hate props. I, I, I hate props. I hate props. I, I, I had this bit, it was a good bit, great bit, where I have <laughs> a, uh, had a pair of sunglasses. I had a pair of sunglasses in my pocket. And I had this bit. I pull out the sunglasses, put them on, do the bit. Really good bit. Really well. He says, well, I had these sunglasses. Fucking sunglasses. Now I got a prop. <laughs> he said, I got to be put in my pocket of my suit coat when I went out. He said, I just get dressed and go out. Mike's out there. I got to put this on. So I had them on a table there. They said, they had sunglasses are there. I take the sunglasses, Jay, remember them. Then I got to have them in my suitcase. I got to move them to the table. <laughs> I got to go back with my suit. I got to go. I got a prop now on my show. He said, my, so all of a sudden, my whole show is then about these fucking sunglasses, which I hate. I hate them. He said, so I, I, I got to put them in to tell somebody, remind me when I go on, put those sunglasses. Glass, my put my pocket, do the bit. He said, one night, I forget the sunglasses. I come to that bit. I can't do it. I skip the bit. Show goes okay. Fuck those sunglasses. <laughs> I, <can't." laughs> I said, we have a sea container. <laughs> I was going to ask what your lineup was. Yeah. And, and 10 people. We have a sea container and 10 people, Jay. He goes, I, yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. Sunglasses were making me crazy. <laughs> he couldn't put a pair of sunglasses into the pocket of his suit jacket. It made, it made his show too proppy. <laughs> How great is that? That's amazing. That is a pro. That's a pure, oh, yeah. pure stand-up. That is a pure stand-up. That's a guy who is so purely stand-up, there's nothing else in him. <laughs> so pure. Oh my gosh. He's, Jay's doing great. It's wonderful. Jay's doing great. He's such a good stand up. And then the next night after that, uh, after Monkey Day and stuff, I just go out and people are like, oh, you know, you know the guy from Snarky Puppy? Snarky Puppy is this amazing jazz fusion oh, okay. rock band. Lead guy from that. He's playing in one of the lounges, he's playing <laughs> piano. And I'm sitting next to a woman who goes, uh, yeah, we're developing a, uh, a new kind of vegan meat. That uh, going to take out Impossible Burger, and we've got new chemists, and da, 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 start chatting to her, and then uh, this guy Gary um, Gary Marcus comes up, uh, neurophysicist, says, "I'm going to put together a little impromptu talk about uh, 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 AI and the neurobiology of the brain. Uh, come, come by tomorrow." Oh, amazing. <laughs> sure. And then, you know, Bert Rattan is in a big argument yeah. with someone else about how the brain, oh, with, uh, with uh, Daniel Dennett. Oh, there Daniel you go. Dennett and Burt Rattan are arguing. <laughs> and uh, Gary Marcus. And, and all you these tag team him? You and start in the middle of it, also? In the middle of it, Harry Shear's asking a question. Oh, my God. You know, it's just. It just, it's just totally surreal. <laughs> and the guy from Skinny Puppies playing. And then, you know, this cello player was you're, fabulous. You're in some kind of movie here. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And then that night, it's it's the band night. 
and uh, it's, it's supposed to be Paul Allen's band. Yeah. And the band is, um, uh, oh, geez, uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Yeah. Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Vernon Reed, mm-hmm. and this other guy who is a Hendrix expert. They're just lined up trading fours on Hendrix tunes. Good Lord. And the, <laughs> and the, and the bass player, they're all absolute monsters and just playing forever. And then all of a sudden, pull up the cello player. All of a sudden, oh, let's get the B3 player up here to do something. Oh, how about this? And there's these things popping up, you know. Harry Shear come up, play a little bass. What, what, what? Just anybody does anything. It was just fabulous. And then it went forever in the, uh, in the that's in the main room. Yeah. And then everybody just kind of walks over to the lounge and does the same thing. They did point out, all the musicians pointed out that every single music show, I was front row center for every second of it. <laughs> they said you may be the biggest music fan on the sh- on the ship. That's that I said. Well, you know, surprise I, me at all. I love live music. Yep. I don't get to see it. You just kind of wonder why isn't every night like that? You know, Lawn Bronson Band used to be that. Yeah. In Vegas, yeah, they did. They bring up people, bring up everybody, and just play. You know, monsters playing great music. But there just isn't. You can get cover bands. Yeah. But I'm talking about guys who are actually playing in some part for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just a small part of them is going, wouldn't it be neat to try this? Yeah. You know, that that's what I want out of them. Not just, this is a crowd pleaser. Right. But yeah, let's try Summertime with the cello. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm. It's just that kind of feeling. Yeah. That feeling that Lon Bronson has all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there I am on there. And then um, uh, the next day, I go out and have an, I go out to Shanghai. And I get two tours of Shanghai. One is a tour on bicycles and includes, um, it's supposed to be Tai Chi exercise. I skipped that. <laughs> bicycle ride. It's a bicycle ride to the streets of Shanghai given by a French guy with a headset. And we all get headsets and we're riding bikes and there is no safety at all. Yeah. We are on the streets of Shanghai tourists riding and i'm riding with like the head of elephant conservation the ambassador to china all these people riding through shanghai Uh, gary marcus neurobiologist bert rattan we're all riding bikes (laughs) and we're riding it through people's living rooms because you know the these these little alleys People have their yeah. cooking and stuff. And we're riding Everybody's through. out in the streets. We're and... riding through on bikes. Yeah. You know, and I also know this is being set up by Paul Allen's people. So they say, we're going to stop here and get some street food. And the amazing thing is I go, I'm eating it. Uh, because Paul Allen's got people that are not going to let anyone checking. get sick. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it still, it looks really traditional and stuff. Plus, I had shots. And I went in to get my shots for China and Japan. And they said, uh, what level of shots would you like? And I said, I intend to blow things I find dead on subways. <laughs> I'm going to find dead men on subways in cities, and I'm going to suck them off. Yeah. What shots do I need yeah. for that? Horse, horse, pen, tiger, tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got real, real shots. And um, I also had a great uh, – we went to one of these places that specializes in travel vaccines. Yeah, sure. There's one here in town, yeah. Yeah, that's where I went. And I had this great, great woman because I said to her, um, I want you to know something. I, I got eight shots, I guess. And they, <laughs> Ooh, and they what's hurt. What's the record? <laughs> and they hurt. I was in bed for 24 hours sick because you get a little bit right. – I guess it's the uh, – 
Is it the typhoid one that lays typhoid you out? Typhoid or, or yellow, yeah, yellow fever. Yeah. yeah, lays you out. But I said, I want you to know that when you stick that needle in my arm, I'm going to punch you in the face as hard as I can. I'm going to scream. <laughs> she said, okay, I've been punched in the face before. <laughs> I said, here? She said, no. I said, professionally or recreationally? She said, recreationally. <laughs> I said, you used to have a different haircut. She said, yes, I did. Mosh pits get rough. <laughs> and she said, boy, you're getting everything. I said, yeah, I'm going to blow things I find dead on subways. She said, you should be able to with this. <laughs> so we're giving wow. you everything. So I got everything. I even got a shingles vaccine while I was at it. Yeah, I got that. The new one. Yeah, I got the new the one. The new hardcore one. So um, uh, I was over there eating street food. And um, then a little bit of crazy pen showed up. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit of crazy pen. You know, I tried to hold crazy pen back, a little bit of crazy pen. There were two, three people there who were the, trying to stop the elephant, uh, selling of elephant parts and rhino parts. Yeah. And they're heavy animal rights people working for elephant conservation. Brilliant, compassionate people. And we finished our bike ride and they said, uh, here's, a, here's a traditional uh, herbal Chinese restaurant, a Chinese uh, yeah, medicine, healing, shop. medicine yeah. shop people like to go to. I said, yeah, go in there. Oh, <laughs> they went, wait, this is, I said, yeah, go in. And the Chinese ambassador is going, well, you know, it's all different stuff. I said, go in there. I, you gave a talk, didn't you, about how this stuff is so Go, go in. And they went in and said, uh, hmm, do you have any, um, oh, I don't know, uh, traditional healing animal parts? Like, do you have any um, rhino or elephant? And they said, no, no, absolutely not. And they went out and said, see, that's a relief. They don't have any in there. I said, you go in there looking Western is all fuck <laughs> with T-shirts with pictures of elephants on them. <laughs> I said, come on, go in there again. Ask him harder. Pull out some cash. Show it to him. And the Chinese <laughs> ambassador goes, what are you doing? And I said, trying to create an international incident. What does it look like I'm doing? <laughs> he said, well, no, seriously. They could get I go, yes, they could. Let's watch. He goes, what are you doing? I go, we're going to do it. Have fun. <laughs> this, is, this is my excursion. So meanwhile, one of the people there says to me, uh, uh, you, you, one of the, one of the uh, tour guys says, you don't understand in China, we love our parents and grandparents very much and care for them very much, and we, uh, we want to please them. I said, well, I've got to tell you something. That ain't just China. That's <laughs> yeah. a lot of people around the world care for their families. They really do. And you don't have a monopoly on that. And caring for your grandparents does not mean you buy them crazy shit that's destroying the world. <laughs> and I said to the guy, you know, you talk a lot about the black market stuff, but this is the problem. The problem is that these people believe this shit's going to get their dick hard. And as long as they believe that, as long as you give them respect for their traditional Chinese medicine, instead of saying, listen, you crazy motherfuckers, it's doing jack shit. I said, uh, you know, stop it. So then they come out and they go, they don't seem to have anything there. I go, oh, I know, I know, I know, but they also do. But I'm just saying, spend a little bit of your time, not just on black market and the poachers, but also the end market. Do a little bit yeah. to tell people this is bullshit. Yeah. And I said, we shouldn't be respectful. I said, some Chinese traditional medicine, you know, there's the Tim Minchin line. Mm -hmm. There's a name for natural right. medicine that works. Medicine. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, aspirin is certainly a folk remedy. Yeah. But it works. So anyway, I was having a little fun a little with fun. At their expense. <laughs> I also talked to them a little you bit about... You didn't get the deer fetus in a jar? You'll glass a <laughs> deer fetus in a jar oil? <laughs> Things like that? Oh, it's awful. And then you went right to the Crazy. subways for the corpses? <laughs> yeah. And then I went, uh, I said to the elephant people, you know, I want to know you to know that I worked at Ringling Brothers. Mm-hmm. I worked with Otto Griebling. And... Uh, they said, well, the elephant training is awful. And then they explained to me how they broke elephants for elephant training. And I said, you know, I think you know more than me, but I didn't see any evidence of that. And I was working there. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any little boxes that they, were, that they were put in for 24 hours until they broke. I said, I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying they were happy in the circus. Probably good the circus went away. But I'm just saying that maybe it's not every single circus that you've... Uh, that, that, that existed that was like that. Yeah, I never saw anybody do anything mean to an elephant. Yeah. Ever. Me neither. I did see an elephant suck off a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I like the, I mean, I'm not saying anything against the elephant people. No, you know, I they, understand, they, they yeah. know stuff. And uh, back, back to the ship, and then uh, they had taken, uh, Paul Allen had a favorite Chinese restaurant in England. So they brought the cooks over <laughs> and all the decor. Wow. Wow. Set up on the ship. You thought you had a lot of stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, that, was, that was good Chinese food. That That's was great. Good. <laughs> bad, the best Chinese food you had was on the ship, not yeah. in Shanghai. Well, no, I had some good food in Shanghai. Did you get the, uh, the mango drink that was... Like with dry ice in it? No, I didn't. Did you see it? Did you see them making it on the street places? Nope. It's really cool. And then that night, uh, I knew it was Ringo Starr, but other people didn't. And then it was docked because we had had our day excursion. Mm -hmm. And then that night, uh, music, I have front row, Mm -hmm. see Ringo Starr. Wow. Ringo Starr looked great. It was really funny and going, this is a weird gig. He just he was exactly the same as Jay Leno and us. <laughs> going, what are we doing here? Yeah, our show was weird too, because mm-hmm. our show the, we were in the we were in the sea. Yeah. So the ship was full. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was so afraid. We did the cups and balls with the with the, with the floor of the ship moving. Yeah. <laughs> also my mouth was dry and uh-huh. I was disoriented. But we did a we did a fine show and they were kind. Uh, yeah. They seemed to like it. I fell through the band once on a unicycle <laughs> on a ship, tore the heck out of my pants and my butt. <laughs> uh, it was nutty. And then Ringo, uh, Ringo came out and did, you know, little help for my friends and Yellow Submarine. And you know, there are not many uh, shows that people say, you, you know, it doesn't pay much, but. The, the exposure's good. I think this was the one. <laughs> I bet you get some other gigs out of this. Uh, it was pretty great. It's pretty great. Uh, it's pretty great. Certainly a lot of people saying they were coming by Vegas. And we got uh, 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 CJ, the keyboard player for Spinal Tap, to play Love Ritual with us. Oh, fantastic. Oh, fun. And I told Jonesy that last night. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I added quickly, he wasn't as good as you, Jonesy. <laughs> Jonesy, well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Man. I guess he thought there was room for him in the sea crate. Uh, I don't think it was that. It was just someone else playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did not like that. And the guy the guy said, you know, he listened, to, he listened to the thing and got the idea and went through and did a fine job. Then he listened to Jonesy do it with us and went, wow, you guy's good. 
<laughs> and I told that to Jones. Jones went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, better than guy who plays for Spinal Tap, motherfucker. But uh, Jones, I got so much more to talk about. But uh, we're we're going to be done for now. Well, let's right. do a couple more weeks of these stories. I yeah, think we got a lot yeah, to go lot. through we still. Because we haven't even got to the the good part of Shanghai. Wow. Yeah. Can't wait. That was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. You become naked. I finish that up quickly because I have to pee. So why don't you <laughs> fill in these spaces here? Yeah, that's fun. Tomorrow you can do it. (laughs) You know I love you. (laughs) He does. What's your favorite color, baby? Living color. Coming from space. Yellow? That's ready. Hey, everybody. Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable, where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against the shock if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast is supported by Morgan Stanley. At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking to help you see untapped possibilities and relentlessly work with you to make them real. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.